What's going on, y'all? Welcome back to Straight Facts, a sports show that educates and entertains. Once again, I'm your boy, James Jackson, Kyle Sarek over there, Jake Galley over there, and Jake, hold on, Jake Puma fam today, man. Jake got the paws on today. <laughs> uh, uh, official, unofficial I'm Puma I'm up, man. I'm the Puma Yeah, by man. the way, I got him that shirt, y'all, so I, you know what I mean? I put, I put my people on. I put my people uh, on. <laughs> To what's good. I think you were there when I bought it. I don't know if if you. I if put you, you on. You wouldn't have ran the Puma if it wasn't for me. We 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 ran up. You bag probably did put me on. I give you that. I give yeah, you that. You did you me? pay for it though? I I no, he paid for it. But but <laughs> he left it at my house and I had to deliver it back to him. So I get yeah, I gave it to him at one point. Good memory. You got a good memory. I got I do got a memory. Kyle is actually so his last show before he goes undergoes surgery. So first of all, from us and everybody listening, wish you a successful surgery tomorrow, my guy. You about to go, you know, go under and get an operation. But he's still with us, battling with us the day before. So you know, we absolutely appreciate. It. How, yes, no, sir. So how did, this how, did this how did this happen again? How did this happen again? I was lifting and I just mm. tore my labrum. I was an idiot. I was like feeling really good on the bench press. I'm like, yeah, six sets, seven sets. I could do that. And mm. I'm on like the seventh set for no reason. And I'm at the <laughs> top and, you know, just, it just falls out. out. Man, yeah. I mean, sometimes you have a good day at the gym. You mean you want to you want to carry out the, the vibration? Too good of a day. I'm going to stretch a little less next time, maybe. What what, uh, what BJ Armstrong said? You had a moment. You had a moment yeah. in the gym. And this is what happened. But we're, we're going to keep it going. Four months. The same crew you're used to hearing, and you're used to hearing us talk about the NBA playoffs, and we're not going to divvy up any from it right now. Conference finals talk still. My Suns versus the LA Clippers, the Atlanta Hawks versus the Milwaukee Bucks. Both series are shaping out in ways people really kind of didn't expect, especially in the Eastern Conference, but we'll start with the Western Conference, the Suns and the Bucks. This time we're going to Jake for the facts and lay it out because this one is really what is the adjustment to the adjustment now now the focal point is back on the suns after the clippers win game five and force a game six back in la so jake what's the adjustment to the adjustment that the suns got to make i need the facts on what's going on so and and this is actually something that i've been paying attention to uh two of the guys on the night betting show for odyssey are like super super sharp analytical thinking guys uh, when it comes to uh, looking at rotations for the NBA, figuring out how to bet, and something they've been shouting from the rooftops. The Clippers need to bench Ivaka Zubak. They say that they are way better off when he does not play. It gives them better matchups, and that's what we saw play out in Game 5. Clippers take that one 116-102, to and it was really a game where we saw DeAndre Ayton completely fade away. So part of that was because the Clippers went mm. to a five-out offense. Uh, no one in the paint. Ayton's on the perimeter guarding someone. And in this series, when you look at the defensive rating on-off for Ivaka Zubak, they are 17.5 points better with him off the court than they are on it. Marcus Morris, who took his place, he's not the best. But in terms of his defensive rating, they are 6.8 better with Morris off than on. So he's a better alternative. And we saw that play out, um, posting up in the corner, forcing Aiton to come out to the perimeter. Aiton, when he's guarding Zubak, it's about for 26 possessions per game in this series. And Zubak is not succeeding in those possessions. 45.5% field goal percentage when being guarded by Aiton. And now that he wasn't guarded by Aiton, now that it was uh, Marcus Morris who was being guarded by Aiton. The Clippers were able to attack one-on-one on offense, and that showed up in the two-point percentage, uh, shooting percentage, 66.7 inside the arc, 
in game five for the Clippers. No Aiton down low to come in, block shots. There was only one block shot by the Suns that game. Uh, so that that's really what we look at when we start to when we talk about the facts. James, as a Suns fan, what were your what was your take on the game? That that mark that Marcus Morris twenty two points hit so differently. Like I, I felt every single one of those twenty two points, and it was one of those games, one of the only few games in the playoffs where the other teams others beat the Suns others. Like their Reggie Jacksons and their Marcus Morrises and their Nick Fatooms outplayed our Mikel Bridges and our Jay Crowders. Not really our Cam Johnsons because Cam Johnson is like, you know, shooting like 85% from the field or something crazy in the last three games. Yeah. Well, he's, he's literally hooping something crazy. But even still, like the, the their others um, have outplayed our others. And, and that's really what it is. And in the midst of Chris Paul taking this layoff and not really having his bearings about him yet. Devin Booker kind of struggling a little bit in this series. DeAndre Ayton being minimized. Like the latter parts of the series are now starting to go towards the Clippers. And them going small, Jake, is exactly what I see. Like the same pattern you see is the exact one that I see. Cause on the offensive end, Marcus Morris steps out and plays in the perimeter. DeAndre Ayton can guard a center out there. He did his best to guard Jokic out there and he held his own. But, but not a small forward by nature. Not someone who's a slasher by nature who's, who's quick laterally. You're not supposed to guard somebody out there, which not only takes DeAndre out to the ocean, but it leaves no rebounding under the rim, and now second-chance opportunities happen. So they, they can live without Zubak. We've seen teams go to this small ball lineup in the playoffs, and it's worked so many times. Miami did it last year in the bubble. The Warriors are famous for the Hamptons lineup for putting Andre Godala or Draymond Green at the five and running small ball there. Like when, when you can neutralize someone's big man like that and they don't have an answer, it, it, it really helps your team. The Clippers are doing that right now. And I'm, y'all, I'm terrified of a game seven. Like I, I really, I really need the Clippers to, to close it out tonight or the, the Suns to close it out tonight. Full disclosure, we're recording Wednesday at about, you know, 5.36 o'clock. So by the time this drops, that, that game will have been played. And I'm hoping by the time y'all hear us tomorrow morning or, or this morning, whenever you're listening, that either though I'm down bad because I'm terrified of game seven or I'm so relieved because we won game six because I do think it, we, let the, we let it get off the rails if we don't win tonight in LA. Yep. I think what happened too, we talk about the adjustment to the adjustment, right? I think oh. Tyloo just overreacted. We saw DeAndre Ayton have a big game one. Marcus Morris, that's the least amount of minutes he's played in the past two series because he thought oh. he had to have Zubach out there and Cousins actually got a lot of minutes. And I'm not going to lie, I was kind of on board with that until you look back that Marcus Morris never played himself off the court. Game five and six against the Jazz in the last series, he was a huge reason why they uh-huh. won, especially the game without Kawhi. I mean, I think he had... 24 and 25 back to back obviously Paul George stepped up Reggie Jackson blah 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 but Marcus Morris never actually played bad he maybe had a bad game here or there but he's ready for his spot again and he's showing it I was a big on him on the last pod and then like you know he was only playing 20 minutes a game but if you can do that like the the defensive rating for Zubac was that low and you could do that and Aiton doesn't kill you offensively I don't know why you switch to that and on the Sun side my question is what is the adjustment? Because I don't feel like you take Aiton off the court. No, I, no like, not at all. I don't think you can do that. So what what has to happen here? Did they you, you, you run gotta, the offense more through Aiton? Yeah, you know, you, get a, get that mismatch down low or what? You use just like the Clippers are using twin strength and putting him out and putting Aiton on an island. You got to use Aiton's strength and go back into the post and use and use 
your advantage and that's your size your height i know ayton doesn't really have a, a post bag to go to but now you can just use your size and your stature and and, and yep. be the biggest man on the floor and go inside and then make them react to you like they're gonna have to make an in-game adjustment so when they start doubling that's when we have our shooters ready mikel in the corner cam johnson in quarter jay crowder hit a big bucket then you start putting twin in the high pick and roll and and, and start making a guard now switch on onto deandre and too like like you got to start using DeAndre in stature to, you know, to the to the Suns' best ability. That's how you offset that. Yeah, and uh, Aiton really, I mean, you guys know, because I've talked about it on here before, like, I have many reasons to defend DeAndre Aiton. I picked him first in my dynasty draft. Puma Luka. fam, too. Puma fam, too. Puma I fam. I mean, there are many reasons, and I'm, I'm well-studied, I will say, in DeAndre Aiton's game. And his emergence has been amazing this this playoffs i will not take that away from him but his deficiencies in his first couple years are, are going to show up if they keep running this small lineup because deandre ayton is a play finisher he is a guy who runs the pick and roll he'll set a hard screen and roll hard to the basket and if you give him a good pass he's putting it home at a 70 percent clip like he is and, and with chris paul like that's exactly the type guy you want but with chris paul a little, I'm going to say he's still a little banged up. He's looking a little shaky baby out there. John, I'm, I got to say it. Chris mm-hmm. Paul is looking a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Two for 16 from three point. That needs to come up. That's one of the, I mean, that's not really an adjustment. He just can't shoot that poorly. But with Aiton, if you could put him on the post and isolate against Marcus Morris, you're going to eat all day. But the problem is that's not a play that he uh-huh. is adept at. Like you said, he has no bag. I don't want to go Kwame Brown rant on him, but he has no post move that he is committed to memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know what he's great at? He he is he is like a a younger, more I, I don't want to know say more spry. He's a little different, but he's like Clint Capella with with Chris Paul and the Rockets, where like the DJ, best use like for him, DJ. Yeah, high high pick and roll, and when you get DeAndre Ayton going downhill, he's he's so hard to stop, and he's good finishing around the rim. He doesn't have a move in the post to get to. But let him go downhill, jump over or around somebody. He pretty good finishing um uh, around the rim. But I here's the thing, Jake. I don't mind you calling Chris Paul's performance, you know, shaky even though he's he's a little banged up, doesn't seem to be completely right. I don't I don't mind you saying it because Kyle, when you ask me what's the big adjustment the Suns got to make, my man's got to step up a little bit. Yep. Like like you you know what legacy's on the line. He said it when they won game four, I don't want to talk about 3-1. So, so you're aware what, what's on the line here. And after mm-hmm. we gave you all that praise for the first two series, battling through an injury, getting your team here, like we got we gotta we gotta make our money a little bit now. Like we gotta him and Devin Booker. It's it's quiet the noise time. Cause I like games game seven is anybody's ball game in any sport. Mm-hmm. But you still have an upper hand, you are still the top seed right now. It's a quiet the noise game. It really is. Like, I'm really looking yeah. for Chris Paul to step up. Like, I need it to be a Chris Paul game, honestly. I need it and to be I, one I of those memorable ones. I really think we might see it. Cause I'm hoping, man. Honestly, I'm hoping, man. he came back game three, didn't have a good game. Came back game four, didn't have a good game. Game mm. five, he played all right. He didn't make a three, over six from three, but 15 and, percentage 15 and 12, wise, not fine. bad, right? 15 and 12, not, not bad, right? Something like that. No, that, this was the 22 and eight. 22 and the eight, 22 yeah. and eight last game. Yeah, and he, he didn't shoot poor percentage given that he couldn't make a three all around. He didn't turn the ball over too much. Uh, he looked a lot better. The one thing I'll say about Chris Paul, though, in terms of injury, I'm not going to really give him that crutch. I mean, he played well towards the end of last series, comes back off of COVID, not an actual injury. I mean, mm-hmm. 
maybe an actual injury, but I'm gonna say not an actual injury. And no, I know what you mean. He, I think he should be playing a little bit better. Right. He got so, his two I mean, games. He got he got his two like mm-hmm. you know warm up games. Get back into it. He really shouldn't even be given a second game. But the, the public perception is, is I do. He's, he's still getting back at his. Now it's like you're back. You've got your runs yeah. in. There's and no I fully more excuses. Expect him, I fully expect him to do something tonight for sure. I need it. So uh, one thing, and this is my prediction on the adjustment, the most notable adjustment, or maybe at least what I would do. You have Paul George, who is a horrendous post-up defender. This year, he's allowed point or 1.33 points per possession on post-ups. Um, the max is two. Well, I guess three. I don't know if they count the end one, but the max is two. If you, if you shoot 50%, you're averaging one point per possession. Uh, so he mm-hmm. is allowing 1.33. What I would assume is they're going to run Jay Crowder and Mikel Bridges through a lot of off-ball screens to try and get that switch. They pop out to the corner. They either get an open look or they then have the switch with Paul George on DeAndre Ayton and you feed it down low once you cycle the ball to them in the corner. Like, that is the way that you have to attack them. Even if Ayton isn't that great of a post-up player, and even if it's Morris that they're able to stick on him and maybe they can't get the switch, like... You foul Marcus Morris or put him in foul trouble. Now what do they do? Now what do they? I don't know if yeah, Zubac yeah, is available. Yeah. Off to look, but like you're in trouble after if Zubac isn't playing, you're in trouble after Marcus Morris defensively. So that that that's what I would. I mean, here's the thing: even if, if even if Zubac is available, Tyloo Tyloo isn't afraid to like when we when he makes an adjustment and it works. He doesn't feel the need to bounce back. Like he found it. Like, like, Marcus Morris is my hot hand. I'm riding my hot hand. And speaking of hot hands, have we not talked about Reggie Jackson yet? Because that man has been a menace yep. for me this entire yep. series. And it's not a it's not a flash in the pan. It's not a flash in the pan. Like, it wasn't just the Jazz series that he's doing this. He's been doing it. And now is filling the Kawhi void. And the Kawhi void for them, maybe not necessarily giving you all the dominance that Kawhi gives you. But when there are times when Paul George isn't this playoff P, there's these these stretches where Paul George is missing buckets. And in those stretches, Reggie Jackson is hitting big time buckets, making electrifying plays. I mean, the steal and the the dunk last game to seal it like that. That's all I needed to see. So Reggie Jackson is really putting his stamp on this series. And he's been the X factor. But a lot of people are are giving Paul George's props. And, and as they should, as we probably should, we did last show. Kyle made sure we did that. Yes, sir. <laughs> but we got to give Reggie Jackson the props as being the X factor in this series because it's it's 100%. he he has been he has been the engine for this Clippers team. And right now, it's something that the Suns can't really figure out. But how, how do to talk about how do you stop Reggie Jackson? Yeah, well, you want to talk about Chris Paul getting all this money in the offseason. Reggie Jackson just put his net worth up crazy in the playoffs. And you said it's not a flash in the plan. He's been shooting 50% or 49, but 50% basically this whole playoffs and has been that guy. You talk about that Kawhi void, obviously not going to give you Kawhi performances, but you Mm -hmm. need a guy to step up just like, you know, the next series we're going to talk about needs someone to step up, Mm -hmm. but you need someone to step up. And Reggie Jackson has done that. Um, I don't think that personally your focus should go to Reggie Jackson as a defense. Um, ah, I, it's I starting to though. It's starting to though. Like a little I of the focal points got to go to him. The Clippers are playing really good team basketball. You need to find a way to shut, you know, this flow that they have going on the offensive side down. Obviously, he is the point guard, but Paul George is still 
holding the highest usage rate on the series, I believe. Um, so there's a lot more to go there, but I think it, it, it comes offensively for the Suns. Mm-hmm. Mikael Bridges isn't getting involved. He was a guy shooting 10 shots a game the past two series. He's shooting like six and a half, seven right now this series. Not that you ask for him to score, but that tells me that your offense isn't working right. Mm-hmm. If Mikael's not finding these open threes, if Mikael's not you know, getting these shots up, then something's not working in this offense, especially when Chris Paul didn't play the first two games. I would have expected Mikael to shoot 13, 14 shots, but it, I mean, that's not, not the case. I, I think, and it's funny, it's really funny that Matt puts in the chat, like Reggie Jackson is the anti-Schroeder because there's like a report that a Schroeder's looking for $100 million this offseason. Yeah, no, like, no, not no more. Not I no saw more. that. Not no more. Reggie Jackson really just straight up like Thanos did vision ripped that market away from yeah. Dennis Schroeder like Schroeder was going to be like the out his like forehead that. out his forehead yeah, straight out the it's forehead with, with his money yeah like that's my bag now buddy it's I'll be the attacking too. veteran guard on a championship team uh, yep what you normally see in sports is like especially in football you'll see like someone get paid and they set the market mm-hmm. like all right I got the next contract coming up I'm gonna get this much probably more Reggie Jackson like set the high end of this, you know, Pretty Dennis Schroeder role because they do fill the same role. It's funny to see someone lose money on this. I've never seen someone set the market before they actually hit free agency. Like Reggie Jackson is is now the barometer which oh. we're judging free agents, yeah. and we haven't even hit free agency yet. If Good. Schroeder gets paid before Reggie Jackson, I'll be very surprised. No, no, very surprised. Can't happen. Teams then. are well because first of all, most teams that have that money are going to be looking at Reggie Jackson first, and then. What if you pay Schroeder the same amount of money and Reggie Jackson was there for the same amount of money and you just realized you overpaid? So I, I wouldn't be. It's going to be interesting that. for sure. It's, what no. they both go for. I was no. I was trying to agree with you that that Reggie Jackson. Oh, yeah. Reggie Jackson is going to get paid first. You you got to. It's a it's a what sports in general is. What have you done for me lately? Like I, I get the idea of Dennis Schroeder might still be a better than the idea of Reggie Jackson. But my last sample size has Reggie Jackson popping off and Dennis Schroeder not flopping. So yeah, Reggie, Schroeder for the whole season. Yeah, so Reggie, Reggie really since he said it, he was actually he was actually doing fine before he said it, and he said that. And basketball guys, that's how you know basketball gods exist because he said that, and they were like, uh, "Do you really want us to show you what your real worth is? Because we can, we can do that. You can show what you're actually gonna make. You don't do that to yourself." We're gonna move to the Eastern Conference because we got a two-two series all of a sudden now. The Hawks won game four to tie it up 2-2. Giannis Antetokounmpo might have had almost the most scary non-serious like injury of all time. If you guys didn't see it, run the clip back. But he goes up for a left-handed layup. And he, and he lands right on Clint Capella's shoe. And his knee bends backwards. It just just human knees aren't supposed to go like that. I'll put it, I'll no. put it that way. It looked like, a, it looked like the DreamWorks moon. But but backwards and this is not so absolutely. Where do you pull these references? <laughs> Dog, it's just not supposed to look like that. But in all, all in all, it is a tied series. Kyle, give us the facts on that series because once again, yeah. Atlanta finds themselves in a situation people did not expect them in. I do want to give the update on that because it came through like right as <clears throat> right as we hit record. Giannis mm-hmm. is doubtful for the next game, but like as you said, it like. We got to find consistency here. Only one game out of these four have been decided by single digits. Both teams have a 20-point loss this series, so someone has to find consistency, and I would doubt that both do. So the team that finds it probably is going to win this series. On the Bucks side, I mean, you just lost a 22. You lost by 22 in a game against the Trey Young-less Hawks. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have him. You can't lose that game, but they need to stop forcing threes. Both their losses, they shot under 25% from three. 
their wins 35% around for both of them, which, you know, isn't a great percentage. But when you look at it, they're actually shooting more threes on average in those losses. Mm. And if the percentage is that bad, I know this is a good three point shooting team. It tells me they're forcing. They're forcing threes. If you're shooting more and making a lot less, you're forcing a lot of threes here. And this is a Giannis led team. Stick to the game plan. Like if your superstar player is this facilitate, I know you know it's funny talking about bags. We talk about Giannis has no bag. That's the Twitter meme. No bag. But that is the offense. Like he should do it and kick. And maybe Drew Holiday can find something. But going off of that, it's a Giannis led team, and someone needs to step up. There are two wins. We saw Middleton, but he's been super quiet in the losses. We saw Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez in game two step up. They have not done a single thing since. And what was it that Matt always says? As Middleton goes, the Bucks go. Mm. He's 17 points per game on 31% shooting in the Bucks' five playoff losses. Also 15% from three there. Horrible. And in the 10 playoff wins they have, it's 25 points per game on 50% shooting and not 19 or not 15% for three. It's 43%. So as they go, as Middleton goes, the Bucks go. So he probably is the one to step up. I'm still looking at Drew Holiday. I know he has it in him. And on the Hawks side, it's it, it's getting these guys involved that you don't think of. Lou Williams is the one for me because I saw it last night, obviously, but we saw it in the Sixers game five, and then they didn't play him. I personally think Lou Williams has to play. They haven't lost the playoff game where he shot at least nine times. He's shooting 46%, 48% from three. I mean, how don't you play this guy, especially after what he did last night? And they have to get John Collins involved. He's the only bright side of these Hawks losses, yet he shot the fourth and fifth most shots in both of those games. I think of John Collins as the second best player on the Hawks. Some don't, but I can't put him past three. He needs to get in there, shooting 59% on the series, yet we have no offense running through him. So some team needs to change up, find this consistency at the end of the day, because both teams have looked great and both teams have looked horrible in this series. And it's going to be the one that looks great for the next three games that wins it all. And and here's where, especially for the Hawks side, but a little bit for the Bucks, but for the Hawks side, here's where we have to kind of extrapolate the numbers or look a little like in between the numbers a little bit, because I'm going to guess a lot of those stats like, you know, is, is game four included for the Hawks? And when you're without Trey Young, when you're without literally the guy who drives your entire offense, mm-hmm. your offense is, is you're going to scrape for points. And they, they, they even won by 20. And their offense still wasn't running as it should run. You don't have, you know, John Collins isn't getting the ball because he's not in these high pick and rolls, getting and catching it off a lob or off a roll from Trey Young. You know, you don't have guys getting it, you know, kickouts in the corner where they normally do. You don't have guys in their normal spots because the guy who literally has the ball 40% of the time in your offense isn't there. But it's wild that they still pulled out this 20-point victory. And don't get it twisted. For those who didn't watch the game, the Hawks were running away with this before Giannis got injured. Giannis got injured and it went off the rails. But this this game was starting to get bad while Giannis was still in the game. Giannis went out in the third quarter. Like, this game was already almost out of reach and it was still without Trey Young. So they they found something. It was Uh, a wire to wire victory. They started and they ended the game in the lead. They didn't give up the lead one time. Mm -hmm. Like, I can't even understate it. That win is the biggest single game in Atlanta Hawk history. Mm. You lose Trey Young, and you guys have said it, 41.1% usage rate. And he's out of the game. And you are, as you said, spanking the Bucks with Giannis. Like, there is an element of it where, like, we and we are so statistical, logic-oriented on this podcast. You start to get a feel. Sometimes. 
You start to get a feel, maybe this is Atlanta's year. I picked against them. I actually, you know, I don't think I picked against them the first round. But against Philly, against the Bucks, whoever they play next, I'll probably pick against them again. It just seems like it's their year, though. Like, I don't understand. How do they win this game by 20 yeah, points? It's crazy. It's crazy. I, yeah. They had a... You talk about... Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead, go ahead. And you talk about, like, we're a statistical, logical. Like, that's where we lie on this show. And from that standpoint, you could chalk that up. Like, the Bucks had a fluke game, right? They had horrible percentages. Defense was bad against... And the horrible percentages against, by the way, not a great defensive team in the Hawks. But there's a point. You got to look at yourself. You're in the Eastern Conference Finals. Mm-hmm. Game four, you got a 2-1 lead. Talk to him. I don't care. You're not allowed to have flukes. You're not. You are not allowed to have flukes on this stage. And you're going to get your ass beat by 20 if you do. Mm-hmm. I mean, without, like, it, fluke. Statistical fluke, but it can't happen. But it I mean, happen. I mean, it's ridiculous. Because this is also a killer. This is a killer in this series. You just lost. They don't have their best player Giannis is doubtful for the next game, and you just lost by twenty. And if I'm Trey, if I'm Trey Young, my my recovery process just speeded up a little bit. You got to smell, you got to smell blood in the water. And what has been the same thing from same theme from the Knicks to the Sixers till now with the Hawks? It's momentum. At some point, like I said, that this series was playing out the same way that the that the Sixers and the Knicks one was. They win Game One. The other team comes back, takes the lead, and at some point in the middle of the series, game four or game five, the Hawks seize momentum again, and they never let it go. And they just did it again last night. We all just watched them yeah. grab momentum again. And and they yep. ride momentum better than any team in this playoffs, and they literally have just done it again. So at this point, I, I can't be surprised if the Hawks win this series. And Kyle, to answer the original question, or to address the original point, one team needs to find consistency Unfortunately, the Bucks find themselves again in a series that might be dictated by injuries, and in this time, they're on the opposite side. And that might be the only consistency one team needs to find is just get out of it healthy, because the healthier team might win this series. And if Trey Young comes back, the Hawks are healthy. They got Cam Reddish back, who's giving them a little spark plug too. Like they wow. might win just because they're more healthy. No Giannis and no DiVincenzo. I don't know a, a series the Bucks win without that. So. I, I also just, before we move on, they we should take note of the way that Atlanta and Phoenix are built. Because mm. Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Herter, Lou Williams, all of those guys for the Hawks are either on a rookie scale deal or a vet minimum. And you are getting plus, plus, plus production out of them. You look at Phoenix, Aiton, uh, campaigns on a minimum. You have Bridges, who's on a rookie scale. Like all across this, all across the team, you're getting great value because you're getting these guys on a rookie scale. And like, mm-hmm. look around to Dallas. You want to know why people are getting fired over at Dallas? Because the head's got to roll because Luca's about to be up on his. You, you, you have you have tarnished the the value of having Luca in those first four on the rookie deal. You can go so far when you yep. get that production out of guys like that. So I just think great job to uh, James Jones and Travis Schlenk of Atlanta and Phoenix for building those teams. And it's smart. You look at guys now that the nature of the sport of basketball now, these guys are playing, you know, 100, 200 games a year, AAU. These guys are coming in. The primes are getting younger. And I'm not saying these guys are in their primes. But they're not like guys are more NBA ready now than they were before. A lot of guys you won't see it in year one, but year two and three are that we're seeing massive jumps 
where back in the day you're thinking of a prime being like 28 29 30 and some guys still have that but you get players that are 23 24 years old this day on still on their deals for some of them they're they're almost at their prime i i mean i'm not saying herder and collins are almost at their prime but what more can you ask of them in this series and on this team right now so but to wrap a bow on this on this whole discussion Let's paint the picture that that both stars are out for these teams. Trey Young still can't give it a go. Giannis doesn't give it a go. And it's and it's backups on backups, role players on role players. Who's got the advantage? Who who wins the game? It's basically now Chris Middleton company versus John Collins and company. Who wins? I actually you- think this helps Chris Middleton like the way he is. Like when you let him take a lot of shots, he seems to do really well. Um, but at the same thing, the point I made last week was that, uh, you know, the Hawks just got threats everywhere. You know, five guys on the court at all times, it seems, can put the ball in the basket. And I said how the Bucks are running rotations with Connaughton and P.J. Tucker. Hmm. So unless Middleton drops a 45 ball, I, I don't think they have enough firepower to keep up without Giannis. While the Hawks next man up mentality, it doesn't hurt as much losing Trey Young. Mm. So I, I would I would take the Hawks if both are out. I will give you I will counter with Bobby Portis. Now it's not a it's not a huge huge jump, but yeah, it's been notable but, when he's coming off the bench after not playing in the first two games of the series and now coming mm-hmm. off the bench and, and giving you double digit points and close to double digit rebounds. I believe the problem, my my cutting you off, but the problem with that for me is that you're still gonna have Tucker, Connaughton, Brooke Lopez. Guys like that, Brim Forbes, that just can't give you a consistent bucket in the offense. And like Brim Forbes' offense these days is just like pull a random three. Yeah. That doesn't help you as a team while the Hawks really got it down that, you know, I don't care who scores. Like Trey Young can take his shots here and now or then, but besides that, we're moving the ball around. If you have the open shot, take it. And most of them can make it. I'm, I just don't trust in the Bucks as much like that. How have the Bucks- Even Portis. How much is Portis going to give you outside of like a – you know, a good six-minute stretch and, you know, yeah, thir- 13 possession and, here or there. 13 and right? six is what is you're ecstatic with a Bobby Portis 13 and six. Yeah. But I don't know how the Bucks haven't made the Hawks pay for having half of Bogdan Bogdanovich out there. Like, I'm literally watching this man run around and he's he's gimping. He looks like a newborn baby deer. I'm like, how can you allow that in the Eastern Conference Finals? They literally aren't making him pay for it. Now, it's not, it's not hard when you stick him on P.J. Tucker and he's just got to stand in the corner with P.J. the whole time on offense, but you got to make him pay. You, you're, the NBA is too skilled. The offense is too complex to not put him in some kind of pick and roll and get the matchup you want on him. Like, it's, it's easy enough to do. You got to exploit that. Yep. Especially when you, I mean, you, you said Bogdan, Bogdanovich is banged up. So is Trey Young when he's out there. Like, Trey's had a couple injuries and you have two guards who are big enough and strong enough to really take advantage of that. That's where I think probably the next adjustment will go. To answer your question, I would choose Milwaukee just based off the fact that Middleton and Holiday are better than the combination of, or theoretically better than the combination of like, who is John Collins, Bogdanovich, John Collins. I mean, any pick, take your pick of Kurt their Capella, Gallinari, Herder. Yeah, like they're all kind but, of the same. Yeah. It's it's the Legion versus on paper, the top two. On, that, and, that, and that's my point. That's actually why I'm yeah. going with the Hawks. Strength in numbers. I, my mentality is when someone goes down, strength in numbers wins after that. When, you're, when your yeah, top I goes down, can't so fault you. you can't you can't rely on just the the second best player and now the third best player to be the top two. Like when when my it's not you know what I mean. It's not and none of the bench player didn't go down. The fourth or fifth guy goes down. Nah, I can still just rely on my top two stars. This doesn't change the game plan. 
my number one goes out, now I need everybody collectively to fill that void. I'm not looking for just one and two and then the rest fall back into place. I need everybody for that. I will take the Hawks if both Giannis and Trey Young don't go, but it looks like it's swinging that way. Straight Facts Podcast. We're going to move on to, to, to the next segment. We're bringing back an oldie but a goodie, Speaking Facts. And, and this first one, I'm going to lend to my man, Jake. I know I, I know I normally take care of the Speaking Facts, but Jake, you put this one in the script. You were, you were passionate about this one, so I'm going to let you take the reins. Go ahead. Yeah, this is utterly hilarious here. For those who didn't catch it yesterday, uh, Josh Donaldson hits a homer off of Lucas Giolito of the White Sox. As he's coming home, he wipes his hands and screams, you know, no more sticky stuff or something to that effect. And after the game, they asked Lucas Giolito, who ended up the winning pitcher, what he thought uh, of that. And he goes full scorched earth here saying he's an effing pest. It's kind of a classless move if you're going to talk shit, talk shit to my face. Don't cross home plate and do all that. Just come to me. Dot, dot, dot. We won. The W is next to my name. They're in last place. You have to... Is he speaking facts? And I'll angle it in... Did that deserve the ultimate scorch? What Donaldson did, did it deserve the scorched right. earth response that Giolito gave? I'll, I'll take this one first. To answer your question, your actual question, no. What Donaldson did, did not warrant you know this, this attack on his character that Giolito did. I like the angle that Trevor Bauer took. Trevor Bauer gave up a home run to Tatis. And you know, he has the famous put one hand over the eye thing. Tatis did it as he's rounding first. And they asked Bauer about it. Hey, are you you mad that he did that? And he's like, no, not really hit a home home run off of me. He should get to celebrate. It's not easy to hit a home run off of me. He should get to celebrate when he does that. They just better be ready that when I, when I strike somebody out, I do it too. Like I, I am all for celebrating your accomplishments in the game. And, and, it could be a little bit of, of of spiciness and trash talk. That's competitive nature. Don't don't be a puss about it. You know, kind of rise to the occasion. What he is speaking facts about is Do- Josh Donaldson is a pest and he does it on purpose. He is Draymond Green like in the MLB where you hate him. He's a pest to you, but at the end of the day, he's a great player. Or or at least in his prime, he was a great player. It's a former AL MVP that we're talking about. So. You know, the, the, the maker of rain absolutely is a pest, but he's trying to get up here. He's trying to get into your head. And all this stuff that Giolito's saying in the press conference, that's exactly what Donaldson wanted to do because now he's rent free. So he's speaking facts on that end. Yeah, I, on my end, I'm going to say, just he's not speaking facts. I'm big into like shit talk and sports. Yeah, I, man, love man, it. I love it. I, we've had the conversation before. Uh, it was on speaking facts talking about the basketball thing. Ooh. I forget what it was, but I'm on the side like, hey, at least when I play sports, I love competing. And my favorite thing is me beating you, mm-hmm. right? My favorite thing is to know that, like, if I want to talk shit right now, I can. And Donaldson maybe can't because his team sucks. But he's proved he, – we know who Josh Donaldson is. I mean, he, he's a vet at this point. As Jake, or as James said, MVP has been in the race a couple of times. So I'm going to say he's not speaking facts. The one thing I will say he was kind of right about is talk shit to his face. He's, like, crossing home, like – looking at back to the dugout at least look at him mm-hmm. like show me something that like i don't know that that i agree that you want to like that you're like okay you I that beat this yeah, man. let that me talk action. this shit yeah but i i thought it was funny to be honest i thought it was funny that he uh he mentioned the sticky stuff because that's the big thing in the MV, uh, uh-huh. the mlb right now so i'm gonna say he's not speaking facts 
but maybe he did it the wrong way. Uh, maybe Donald Donaldson did it the wrong I way. I will give him the say it to my face thing too. It, it is it is a little different yeah. when you're saying it. You know, the ump is right next to you. So if he says anything, like I got the protection of my ump, I'm walking back to my dugout. You're like, hey, if you're gonna say it, say it with your chest. Yeah. No. And I just last point here before we move on to the next one. Baseball lacks any physicality whatsoever. Mm -hmm. So and people love like nastiness, vitriol. They like they like the hatred in sports, which kind of lacks nowadays. Baseball has a great chance. Like you talk about, like they need something to really like attract people, get some new spiciness. Fans they need some sport. spiciness, yeah. Spiciness, yeah. like blatant shit talk to someone's face. This is like the best because really, what are they going to do about it? Like they're either going to fight you, fight you, or they're not going to do anything. Either way, it is a great show. Or throw a ninety mile fastball at your dome at your head. That needs to stop. Like you can't like just let there yeah, be shit yeah. talk. Like, don't, <laughs> don't I, hurt. I don't person. hate that. I don't hate. No, that. Kyle. No, no. I I hate as someone who's got hurts. has got six concussions under his belt. You can't be throwing. It hurts. It hurts your team though to hit someone. You give them the base. It does I hurt mean, your I mean, team, but it actually hurts someone's skull physically. Like, uh, yeah, okay. I'm not with them throwing at the head. Oh yeah, you plug them in the yeah. back or something. Yeah, that's fine. The, which they do a lot. Right. Or they'll throw behind. Well, it's, them. it's even just throw behind them. It's a slippery slope because, like, you know, balls slip out. So I even if I'm aiming for your mm -hmm. back and and I'm firing as hard as I can and I release that joint a little too high, now yeah. that's coming at your head. That, that's yeah. that's the scary part. That's fair enough. Fair enough. All right. But uh, we will move on because the next one, I know I know everybody out there saw this. Charles Barkley was going off on Tuesday night on TNT. And it kind of unbeknownst to anyone. It kind of just like randomly happened. He, he heard something that Paul George said. But he had gotten word that Paul George said that he's the most scrutinized player in the game today. And Charles Barkley is going off about saying every great player has been scrutinized. You're not the first one. You won't be the last one. You know, get tougher skin about it. I'm not as much focused on Chuck. For the very first time not focused on what chuck said i'm focused now on what paul george said or what he confirmed we'll say because i don't see an actual quote from him that he's the most scrutinized player in the game today is paul george speaking facts on that is he the most scrutinized player in the game today kyle go ahead i'm gonna go with you first no i mean maybe he was trying to get rid of the pandemic p and now he's persecution p He's getting all the criticism now, but I mean, to me, it's like, and Chuck said this, every great player has been scrutinized. If you are who you say you are, who Paul George thinks he is, I'm not saying he thinks he's the best player, but he knows he's a superstar in this league, then then I don't care if you're being scrutinized. One, first of all, you're not the most scrutinized. Thank if you. If you want to talk about guys, I mean, LeBron gets it every ding, year. Ding, 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 Kevin Durant left, went to the Warriors, won two titles, and people still won't and stop still talking about it when he gets bounced in the second round this year. I mean, there's five or ten names. I will say he's gotten a lot of shit lately, but I don't care. Back it up in your game. Every superstar has gotten shit, and the ones that, you know, survived through it are the ones we still talk about today. So mm -hmm. that's what I was, that's, that's my take on it. Uh, is he getting scrutinized? Yes. But I, you deserve to. You're on the biggest stage. You're on the Western Conference Finals. You're the best player, and you have a couple good games, and you want to like make people feel bad about it. No, right. go win the title. I watched you like hit the side of the backboard last year in the bubble. I watched it. <laughs> I watched you do it. Uh, like the Brooklyn Nets have three players who are more scrutinized than him. He's not speaking facts. Yeah, ben you want to talk about the more scrutinized Kyrie? than him. Like, and here's the thing. Maybe it's deserving. Like. Like, bro, like, you're kind of, you kind of bring it on when you give yourself a nickname, shit the bed, and then act like, woe is me. Like, your own teammates don't like you, bro. Like, the, it's not like on the media. Right, I, right. I, I don't know. Like, it, he does get a lot of shit, but there is many, many names. Rudy Gobert gets 
drug through the fucking mud. <laughs> Right, like you want to talk uh, about yeah. like Scru- getting scrutinized, scrutinized and bullied. Scrutinized and bullied are two different things now. Scru- scrutinized, bu- yeah. <laughs> scrutinized and, and drug yeah. out is two different things now. Rudy yeah. Gobert does something but, that nobody it, gets. One thing too, it's the media's job. That is what they're here to do. Don't let them get in your head. I'm not mm. saying they're in his head, but this is their job. Not right, I mean, exactly. if there's slander in your name, slander in like your lifestyle, I get it. Use it as fuel. You get a little criticism on the way you're playing basketball and you're a basketball player. All right. That's, that's, you deserve it. That's my point exactly, Kyle. Here's why Paul George isn't even close to the most scrutinized player in the NBA. Because when all people talk about is what you do on the court, you're not the most scrutinized player. Players like LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, players like this, they get talked about whether they're on the basketball court or not. And actually, for players like LeBron, it's like majority of what he does off the court that people are talking about. And when your lifestyle, not your play, but when your lifestyle is scrutinized and validated or invalidated by people who literally have nothing to do with it, that's when you're the most scrutinized player in the NBA. Paul George hasn't hit that yet. Paul George cheated on his fiance, who is the daughter of a head coach, and people don't talk about it. So you are not the most scrutinized player in the NBA, man. Don't put Daughter yourself of his head, his head coach. coach. Don't don't put yourself in a category that you're not. Okay? Because oh, okay. I'm starting to not like you again. Because yes, <laughs> because yes, yes, we were making fun of you because you nicknamed yourself Playoff P and then doinked on off the side of the backboard in the bubble. So yeah, I'm going to make fun of you. But we also gave him his praise this year when he started going off. So like, it's not all woe is me. It's not all that bad, Paul George. You brought it on yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you said it. If you're a basketball player and you're only talking about, you know, what you do on the court, shit, that's that's half of the sports job yeah, that's what you do in this world. Like, God, what are you man. talking about? Couldn't, couldn't do but it. all right, we can move on. That's all we have for speaking facts today. So we can go right into the countdown and we'll go to number five. The number of times in the past 25 postseasons that a team had a wire-to-wire win despite missing their leading scorer, the Hawks did it last night without Trey Young. I know we're kind of back and forth. We said the Hawks were blowing out the Bucks, um, and now we're saying it was a wire-to-wire finish. Um, but the, the the fact of the matter is the Hawks found a way to, to bring it together without Trey Young. And I think it's a little different when your star is there for the game and then leaves. Like, he kind of started you, and all you have to do is finish the job. Trey wasn't there from tip, and they were beating the Bucks damn near from start to finish. So yeah, that well, that's what, that is what wire-to-wire means, yeah. from the tip-off to the end of the game. Gotcha, no, it gotcha. didn't go down to the wire. Gotcha, that's gotcha, not what gotcha, it meant, gotcha, gotcha, which is mad. That, I just put this in because this is very, like, impressive. I mean, five times in the past 25 postseason says something, but in a playoff atmosphere – Especially if we just go conference finals, that number, this might be the only time, to be honest, mm-hmm. like, just how impressive that is from the Hawks team. 100%. All right, we'll go to number four. The number of Euro 2016 semifinalists, that being Portugal, Wales, France, and Germany, uh, were eliminated, or excuse me, all four were eliminated in round of 16 in this year's Euro. So I was watching that France game. Dude, what yeah, an epic collapse by them. The I saw Croatia, people the Croatia before lineup. the game were over, they hit that third goal. Oh, yeah. People were celebrating Francis through Francis. Through. Oh, no, they're not. Mbappe missed and that. Uh, I think missed a penalty. Um, the penalty. Missed a penalty. In, one, in the shootout. So. 
and then England taking out Germany leads everyone to believe that it's it's the English is you know, English is zero to lose, which once again football will be coming home. Yeah, well, England was the only uh, they were the only favorite to win actually mm-hmm. out of these. So like Germany, I guess you, you can kind of get a pass for this. It was, but France was the top favorite of the whole tournament, and well, England was number two. Yeah, and, and what I'll say about uh, at the end there when they went to. Uh, penalties if you don't know switzerland made all five of theirs france was perfect four for four and Bappe comes up to said in the sudden death of penalties and all i'm gonna say is i knew he was gonna miss it he stepped up there with the tiktok banner mm. as the advertisement behind the uh the net and i'm like nah and Bappe, he's like what 21 now yeah. this isn't his moment he's gonna miss this one wow and that shit that's what happened that's what happened you called him all right, we'll go to number three. The number of Broncos QBs on Chris Sims' top 40 list. To make it sting for y'all, Jalen Hurts did not make this list. So, um, right, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater. And, and yeah. Tell me the third. Yeah. Tell me the third, please. I don't even Trevor's, know. Trevor? Does it, it don't even have Trevor. Uh, it was it, number number 40 was Case Keenum. Oh, crazy. Uh, oh, how do y'all like, feel about that? How do you? Someone put this in here just to get a Jalen Hurts take off. Yeah, it was I, me. I, I know it was you. Yeah, it say it was somebody just to get a Jalen Hurts take off. Go ahead. Good. You know what? Good. You know what? Chris Sims, yuck it up, you motherfucker. Yuck it up, <laughs> yeah. buddy. Don't put Jalen Hurts on there. And then I cannot wait until I'm not gonna make any bold predictions. You was yet. about to. On, you was about on, to. You stopped yourself. On you the Eagles, though. They're coming. Don't worry. We just <laughs> wait until we get to the NFL episode in a couple weeks. Uh, but like. We're going to see at the end of the year is all I'll say about Chris Sims because I'm sure as hell not forgetting yeah. this. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, Buried away. I got a story about it too. You would have thought that I would have put this in. My man, Nick Cianci. Shout out Nick Cianci. I'm actually repping his brand yeah, right shout now. Shout out Zero Degrees. Shirt, yes, zero sir. Degrees yes, training. Sir. He comes up to me at work in the morning. He's like, you see that top 40 list? I was like, what top 40 list? He said, Chris Sims put out his top 40 quarterbacks. I didn't know about this Broncos thing, but he just told me Jalen Hurst was off it. And I was like, he should, first of all, he shouldn't be, but why has it become the cool thing to say now that like Jalen Hurts is bad? Like I see it all the time on Twitter. Why is that the cool thing to say now? It's not man, bad. He's unproven. First of all, he's unproven. No, but that but people want to dive into the stats from last year. They want to do all this and that. I don't care. I saw what I saw. I saw him almost beat the Packers. I, I saw him almost make Did that beat the comeback. Saints. Did beat I saw him. Yeah. Yeah, but but still, I mean let the man play like he's a starting quarterback in the nfl and and i actually am fine with this i'm fine with all the hate he's getting because i think jalen hurts is the type of dude to bounce back from this and use it as fuel i mean he knows where he's at he's started what a handful of games in the nfl fairly yeah like yeah like like he knows where he's at and he's going into his second year just linked up with his man Devontae smith i'm not saying the eagles are going to be good but i'm saying jalen hurts will firmly be on this list at the end of next season the reason why i have zero problem now i got a problem with case keenum being ahead of him but that's a whole different that's crazy the reason why i don't have a problem with being being slept on a little bit is because he is unproven and and he is the starting quarterback in the NFL by default. Let's not let's not forget that. He is because Carson Wentz got traded. If Carson Wentz sure. didn't get traded coming back, I presume Carson Wentz gets his starting job back. You guys kind of take it from there with a brand new head coach and offensive coordinator. But it's okay to to not, you know, for people to to not buy into something they haven't seen yet. And, you know, I, I fully expect he's he's a type of kid that a lot of people are rooting for. And when the Eagles bring in Joe Flacco and say it's a QB competition. 
when Jalen Hurts says something like, you know, the rent's due every day. I don't plan on, plan on missing a payment. When he's left off of top 40 list. I don't think it's a hate thing. I think it's a, we don't, I don't know who you are yet. We haven't, we haven't seen you. You haven't proven anything yet. So I, I, he's one of those guys that people root for. And I expect that when he shows it, he gets his praise. I fully expect it. All I'll say, there are six rookies on the list. The top 40. No, that's, six not rookie good. Quarterbacks. that's not good. That's yeah. not good. That's not good. And Marcus Mariota and Case Keenum. We're going to see is all I'll say. We're going to see. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. It, and I'm not mad at it. Chris Sims, that's cool. <laughs> not, I mean, that's cool. Not Eminem. Not Marcus Mariota. <laughs> oh, man. All oh, right. Look. Let's move forward. Let's go to number two. The number of losses Ty Lu has in elimination games in his coaching career, he's 10 and 2. James is hoping this is 10 and 3 after tonight. Uh, I am too, yes, to be honest. I got, as I said last episode, I got my 250 to 1 DeAndre Ayton MVP ticket I'm riding. Um, Yo, he's at the need- top of the list right now. He's up there. He's up there. He's up there. Uh, I'm they're still not riding getting- the Clippers. They took away the cash out option. I fucked up. But, uh, I, I yeah. gotta say, in this, so I guess we never gave our, our predictions for tonight. Why don't we go around? Kyle, you said you have the Clippers. Uh, James, I'm assuming I, you I got mean, three pods straight. Yeah, you you can guess both of ours. He 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 had a, a prediction to stick to. I got my emotional and mental stability on the line with Chris Paul. It's really who you got, man. That's really what I'm really wondering. Uh, I would love to say the Suns. I would love to. Something that- inside of my brain says this is not going the Suns' way, and I would be petrified, as you said, James. Heading into Game Seven after being up three-one with Chris Paul as the maestro, I would be, it, like I said a couple episodes ago, major pants shitting time if they win this game. Obviously. Hey man. Yeah. Hey man. Just saying the Clippers would have been good enough. Just saying I got. The <laughs> <laughs> that been, what I will say. Okay. What I will say. <laughs> Matt and just just what slip I it in. Matt, Matt agrees. Uh, Clips force Game Seven. He thinks. Okay. What I will say is because I have been riding my prediction. I said it at the beginning of the playoffs. Clippers are going to make it. But if the Suns do get this, I will 100% be rooting for the Suns in the finals. How could you not? Yeah, how could you not? Yeah, I like this team. We were talking about in the offseason giving James the hope. Now the hope has been fulfilled. So if they make it, I'll take it. One thing I will be a little salty about is that James's team gets two chips in the year. The two major sports. He goes Bucks into Suns after what my freaking... Philly teams have done this year. It'll hurt, but I'll be happy for my man. Thank you, bro. Thank you, bro. We share the chips over here. Yes, sir. All right, let's go to number one. The amount of times DeMarcus Cousins has scored 15 points in the playoffs, Western Conference game five. He just did it against the Suns. You got to remember, this is a a beloved guy in Boogie. This is a guy who gets hurt literally in all the wrong times. Missed the playoffs when he was with the Pelicans and Anthony Davis. Missed the playoffs when he had a chance to really be a contributing factor on a Warriors team for his quad again. So finally gets his shot with the Clippers. Got, Got hurt with the Lakers in their championship run. Finally gets a shot with the Clippers, and and even though he did it against my team, it was really cool to see Boogie Puma fan, by the way, get you know get some shine and get some run. Yeah, we won't play much, but it's insane I'll, to me. Like yeah. he had the, probably the hardest drop off of any NBA like star. He, he tore was his, like he tore his Achilles quad and ACL like on the same leg. What you gonna do? That is like true, I miss yeah. watching Demarcus <laughs> Cousins get ejected from a game. Yeah. Like getting two technicals in the first. He quarter. don't even. Like, that was he, fun he, for a little. He bit. don't even matter enough to do it anymore. Like it wouldn't even. It'd be yeah, like, he doesn't play yeah, enough. Like, what does he have to get mad about? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You don't even. You don't even emotionally invested in this game enough. How you? How you yelling at me? 
All right, and we got a number zero. You see it about once a month around here. So we're going to go to number zero to finish off the countdown. Kyle, why don't you take it? Oh, yeah. That is the number of Canadian teams to win the Stanley Cup in the last 26 seasons. Of course, Montreal is in it now, and they can end the streak if they beat Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup finals. Let's do that. Let's hockey. do that hockey. Yes, sir. I'm going to tell you right now. Let's do that hockey. We don't care. <laughs> <laughs> but that's another Tampa Bay. That's another Tampa Bay um, sports team, which the Bucks and, and Lightning went back to back last season. So if they kick it off again, we only got one option. They clean it up on the back end. But we're almost out of time for this episode of Straight Facts. As always, we can get some shots up at the buzzer. Who got something to say at the buzzer? Who want to go? Uh, I will say, I think, Kyle, I move tomorrow. Kyle gets surgery. I genuinely think I'm more worried and, like, nervous about <laughs> moving than Kyle is about That's getting so, surgery. so wild to he's literally going under the knife, and, and you got to move a couple miles down the road. Well, what we will say is pre-show, I told Jake I wasn't that nervous. Oh, okay. So. I'm about to say, I'm about to say. He's literally going into the operation. Going, going off of that, though, I swear to God, people, like, ask me, like, are you nervous about it today? Like three, four times at work, and I wasn't. Right, right, right. People keep asking. Should I be? Oh, nah, you'll be Once right. you get there, they say I have white coat syndrome, which is anytime I see doctors, my heart rate goes up. Like they're, like they're always like, whenever I go past a couple times, like, oh, your heart rate's really high. Something uh-huh. for me just kicks in. Once I get in there, I see a doot, doot. heart rate starts pumping. That's when I start to get nervous. But uh, the hell are you I hope that goes moving well. About? For you. That's what I want to know. What the hell are you nervous nervous for moving about? It's stressful. It's, it's not it's not nervous. It's stressful, I should say. I'm more stressed than Kyle is. How about mm. that? It's not really I'm not really nervous. I'm just stressed like I'm gonna forget something. It's gonna be a pain in the ass to move. I'm in a little tiny ass maniunk like street. Like can I get the truck back there? It's just a whole bunch of it's just moving. Yeah, I fucking hate it. It's the worst. The yunk. The yunk. <laughs> he moving to the yunk. Grabbing Man Francisco. Up. That's crazy. That one's up here. <laughs> My own. That's funny. <laughs> Kyle, you got something to say at the buzzer? Yeah, I was just, I mean, Jake maybe uh, stir away from that a little bit, but he, he's got me well wishes. I just want to say thanks to everyone for, mm-hmm. you know, everyone saying good luck. Uh, and I just want to assure you, outside of James, maybe, you know, taking over the YouTube for a couple of days, ain't no low management here. I'll be back next Wednesday. Talk to him. Doing the same thing we always do. So I'm looking forward to it. Yes, sir. Talk to him. Brand new rotator cuff and all that. Swing that. Labor him. Labor him. Labor him. It's the labor. Swing that bitch 360 (laughs) all over again. That's beautiful. All I got to say at the buzzer is, I don't know if anyone has stepped outside or really just looked outside. You can probably even feel it just looking at it. It's disgustingly hot. It's stay your ass in the crib weather. So if, if anyone got anything to do, y'all want me to pop out, there better be a good ass reason you're asking me to come outside. Because if it's not, <laughs> it's stay your ass in the crib weather. Actually, at work, we have a woman who came up from um, one of the corporate stores from, down from Texas. And even she was like, nah, it's, it's really hot. Check the weather back home where she's from. It's 20 degrees hotter here in Pennsylvania in the, in the PA metropolitan area than it is in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, in, in, down there near the desert. So we're in crazy. a crazy heat streak right now. Also, very hot weather makes people lose their fucking minds, makes them lose their act right. So everyone, seriously, be safe. Be careful. Don't get no heat strokes. Stay your ass in the crib and watch the conference finals. Not much to do outside. But that's all the time we have for this episode yeah. of Straight Facts. Shout out to my guys, Kyle Sirik and Jake Galley, Stat Matt Robinson, always with us, of course. But I'm James Jackson. These have been the facts. Straight up.